The season of Advent is a time of patience and faith. We wait, we find joy in the waiting, and we patiently prepare, all with the faith that our Messiah is coming. But tonight, I want to talk about impatience and doubt. In our gospel story tonight, we find John the Baptist incarcerated, impatient, and in doubt. Are you the one who is to come, he asks, or are we to wait for another? One can imagine a wariness in his voice, perhaps even a little bit of frustration. He has been preaching and baptizing and risking his life to prepare the way for this Messiah, the one who is coming after him and is more powerful than he, the one who will baptize with fire and with the Holy Spirit and who will separate the wheat from the chaff and whose sandals he is not worthy to carry. And while previous chapters of Matthew's Gospel indicate that John is indeed talking about Jesus and knows him as the Messiah, and Jesus indeed recognizes John as his messenger, right now he seems a little bit uncertain. Perhaps Jesus isn't exactly what John was expecting. Perhaps John's own precariousness, vulnerable and in prison, has momentarily impacted his view. So Jesus sends word back, reassuring him, telling him the good news, confident in his own ministry of healing. Go and tell John what you see and hear, he says, that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. See, John, look at all that I am doing. Do not fear. The Messiah is here. Have faith. But the gospel does not share with us John's reaction. But can you imagine it? Yes, the blind may see and the lame may walk and the dead may be raised, but John the Baptist is still incarcerated. And he is running out of time. I imagine doubt and impatience creeping into his psyche as he sits on that prison floor, likely knowing what is to come. Have you ever been on your own version of that prison floor? Have there been moments in your life when the good news of Jesus Christ seems just too unbelievable, just too far from your reach? Have you ever felt impatient Frustrated that the world where the blind see and the lame walk and the dead are raised is still not yet here. I believe that doubt and impatience are key parts of our faith. Too often they get papered over, covered up, without the valid or without the recognition that they are valid feelings in world in worlds like ours. Indeed, if you do not look around at this world and have at least a tiny bit of doubt in a Messiah who tells us about a world where the last come first and the poor are blessed and prisoners are freed, 
nor have any impatience for that world to just come already. Perhaps you might not be paying enough attention. We live in a world, and I don't need to remind you, where the last often stay last, where the poor are kept in cycles of poverty and prisoners expand in numbers in a system that profits from their incarceration. Are you the one who is to come? John the Baptist asks from his own prison floor. His doubt reminds us that ours is not an easy faith with easy answers, given the world that we are in now. And his impatience, or are we just to wait for another, signifies an impatience for justice, an impatience for healing, an impatience for hope and peace and joy and love, a longing for the world that could be from a world that is not quite there yet. At the risk of sounding trite, these are human feelings that sometimes we just need to feel. For the very things that open us up to the kind of doubt and impatience of John the Baptist, those are our humanness, our vulnerability, our despair, our hearts that break wide open from the pain of the world. And, paradoxically enough, it is within our messy, broken, despairing humanness that we might just find the seeds of faith to be sown. Some of you may know that I came to my own faith haltingly, skeptically even. I grew up in a very secular world, where religiosity was often disdained or even seen as unthinking. I often tried, and I still do, I am afraid to admit, I often tried to think my way into faith. In divinity school, I spent three years trying to find faith in academic studies and ancient texts and scripture, studying the archaeology of the New Testament and theology and the historical Jesus. And don't get me wrong, I loved school and I could read and write for the rest of my life. But I longed for a deeper faith. I also sensed that I could not study my way into it. At the time, I had a pen pal who was serving an extended sentence down in the Angola prison in Louisiana. We had met at a craft fair outside the prison. Why there is a craft fair at Angola Prison is its own complicated story. But we connected right away. There was an intensity in his blue eyes that is indelibly etched in my brain. He was a self-taught theologian and minister, and our initial 10-minute conversation was profound and wide-ranging and somehow ended it with both of us in prayer, holding hands in public during a time where that, in my life where that would have seemed crazy to me. I knew that while he and I had vastly different theologies, his faith had a depth of fervor that I wanted to learn from, and he was eager to teach me. I had just begun preaching, so periodically I would send him my sermons to get his take. I remembered sending him one that I was so proud of. 
It was all about Ezekiel and the valley of dried bones and the breath of God breathing life into our dried up souls. He sent it back to me with this one sentence. Jesus is Lord, sweet sister. Read through your sermon and count how many times you breathed out his name. I did a word search in my document. I did not mention Jesus once in that whole sermon. Jesus was clearly a sticking point for me, a part of my faith that I could not think my way into. And yet the faith of my friends seemed so strong, so confident, so free from doubt. It was as if his faith had been forged in something so hot that it was now unshakable. Fast forward to the months after divinity school, I was unemployed and struggling. I didn't quite know where my path was headed. I felt uncertain in my faith and simultaneously impatient with wanting to get to wherever I was going to go. It didn't help that the world felt precarious. There were days when I remember when I couldn't get out of bed. I was as low as I've ever been. And there, in my doubt and in my impatience, when I desperately needed good news, I can't describe it, but I caught a glimmer of Jesus. Jesus is Lord, sweet sister. Right when I needed that sentence, the reminder that our Messiah is one of good news for all who suffer, and our God arrives in flesh in Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, I found it. Now, I do not at all want to equate my flirtation with depression with my friend's incarceration. Nor do I want to glorify suffering in any way, especially knowing the profound privilege that I come from. But I believe that the times I felt my faith most deeply have been the ones when I've been laid low, in doubt, and impatient with the world as it is. Those days laid low in my bedroom, my own small experience of the metaphor of John the Baptist sitting on that prison floor gave me a tiny hint from where my friend's faith had come from. This story of John the Baptist illustrates that it is in times of crisis, of uncertainty, and yes, in times of doubt and impatience, these are when we need Jesus' message most of all. Perhaps the paradox of our faith is that these moments when we so desperately long for justice, long for healing, long for the good news that Jesus embodies, these moments open us up. They crack us open to the potential of a faith deepened, and we come out away from them more resilient. These are the moments that strengthen our weak hands and make firm our feeble knees for us to live into our call as followers of Jesus, to work towards justice, to work towards the healing that we long for. So, as we enter this final week of Advent, these last seven days of waiting for the arrival of Christ, perhaps allow yourself to feel the impatience and the doubt. Stay here, just a little longer, in the not yet. Feel the frustration of this imperfect, broken world. 
perhaps even feel the doubt that a Messiah of healing and hope could possibly come to this place. And the impatience, the longing for a world yet to come. It is from this place that we know that faith is possible. That in seven days we will celebrate the birth of the extraordinary in an ordinary manger. And that the light and life and hope of the world will come in the form of a little child. And that this little child may lead us to a world as it could be, where the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Jesus is Lord. Christ is coming. Thanks be to God. Amen.